0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Um, thank you for all your welcomes back from uh, <clears throat> my wonderful sabbatical for a month. I got a call from Gene Autry. Uh, many of you maybe not know who he is, but has a famous song. So I got home and uh, was standing there. And all of a sudden I heard Gene Autry sing, back in the saddle again. <laughs> and uh, I would sing more of it, but it will totally, he will roll over in his grave, I think, if I do that. But it was uh, my good friend, Father John Finley, who actually sang the whole song to me. Uh, so what a treat. And. Uh, It's been a very, very productive and a good uh, time for me. I took it more as a pilgrimage to kind of uh, look at myself and how I would be able to kind of live and pastor more effectively. And God was very, very merciful. Um, And above all, I want to thank my wife who had to endure uh, my month of uh, sabbaticaling She's a, she's a dear, dear priest's wife. <clears throat> uh, today's gospel text, and I'll share a little bit of some of the things I have kind of discovered uh, in this time away. Uh, we see Christ giving a, uh, a parable in regard to the responsibility we each have to shepherd what god has given to us either a church a family whatever it might be god has given us a vineyard and he's given us a responsibility to that vineyard and he expects us to to tend that vineyard and, and not to uh to to put it or to put it to a ruin or put him to shame we don't want to be cast out in other words we want to tend god's vineyard appropriately um, And so he gives us, through St. Paul, some ways in which we can do that. He says, stand firm in your faith, be strong and courageous, do all things in love, be subject to those that God has placed over you, greet one another with a holy kiss, live according to the grace of the Lord. These are ways in which we can fulfill that ministry that God has given to us. And then kind of the how-to. How to, when we look at those things and understand that these are the virtues that God wants us to to exhibit as we we tend His vineyard, the things that He has done for us and given to us, then how do we do that? And these are some of the things that I'd like to share with you in regard to to my efforts uh, and God's mercy. We must labor wisely, we must labor thankfully, and we must labor humbly. So, if we take a look and again begin with St. Paul's encouragement to us, if we're to be good husbandmen, good stewards of God's vineyard, what are we to do? First, he says, stand firm in your faith. Be courageous and strong. The, the, the one thing here, and I'll talk a little about this later too, is that if we think we can do this without the help of God, we, we, are, we will fail we will miserably fail. You know, so many times you, as well as I, get out there and make efforts to work and minister, and it's all me. And all of a sudden, you run out of gas. And you say, I can't do this anymore. I've got what, Whatever we do at that moment, but the point is that when we live courageously, when we live with strength and courage, we have to understand that Christ is that to us. And I'll I'll get into that, how we get to that spot. How do we get to know that Christ is is that? Is that strength of ours? St. Paul says, do all things in love. You know, the first thing we understand about God is that He loves us because He could not stand to see us suffering. And so He sent His only begotten Son to give His life for us, to suffer for us, to be crucified for us, to be buried for us, to ascend, to resurrect, to be ascended to heaven for us. This love of God is so powerful, but we can't touch it unless we get it personally. You have to you have to move toward God and allow God to touch you personally with His love. You know, it's one thing to keep that academic. Everybody raise your hand if you believe God loves you. You have to feel that. You have to feel that. That's good. Keep your hand up, Isabella. I love it. He loves you a lot to feel it. How do you do that? You take your pain to him. You take your struggle to him. You take your misery to him. You take your weakness to him. You take your brokenness to him and then he'll, then you'll touch, then he'll be touched by his love. If we stand there and just try to go through the motions. God can't touch us. He says a broken and a contrite heart, these you will not despise. So when we go to God broken, when we go to God contrite, when we go to God with sin and we go to God with a desire to be helped then he will touch you with his love and that love that he gave for us on the cross will be the love he touches you with so allow his love to be personal we're to be subject to men he says you need spiritual guides and I will tell you, it's so interesting because as I kind of approached this sabbatical, I looked back even the month before, I had about four or five people that I subjected myself to with the idea that they were going to teach me something. I was, I was in a sense, bowing to them. One was Father Thomas Hopko. Thanks be to God for him. I'll be back here in October. Uh, another was a good friend, priest friend, Father Mel Jamaica and then uh, Mother Victoria and Bishop Basil, and then, as is my custom and should be my custom always, my mother. Mom, what should I do? You know, So be subject to the people around you. You've got many helpers. You've got people that can, can stand with you and, and guide you. Subject yourself to them. You know, so many times we stand with our egos and with our opinions so strong that none of that can penetrate. Don't let that happen. Subject yourselves to the people around you, the ones you love and care about, and you know, love, the ones that you know love and care about you. You know, it's such a beautiful thing. My mom taught me this. Uh, this is kind of the same thing. You know, she's very old. She's 85 and has got very bad arthritis and moves around very slowly, but she's a pistol. You know what a pistol is? It's hot. And she fires, man. She is uh, still she doesn't want to be taken care of by anybody. And it's it's just a treat to be around her. Well, interestingly enough that this is and this is is a progression of her life. You know, I said, Mom, we need to. If something happens, we need to find a place for you to go. You know, I don't want to be searching around. If the doctor says it's time for you to be in, live in some assisted living facility, that's what we. Need. She says, you know. I trust that you will find that for me. Wow. Wow. Trust. She trusts that you will find that for me. She subjected herself to her son. Wow. That is very powerful. Subject to the people in her life that she trusted. So we all need to be able to do that. That's important to us. Then St. Paul says, Greet one another with a holy kiss. We need to be at peace with each other. That is the most precious thing we can be. God came to bring, it says, Even when the angel said that at his birth, peace on earth, goodwill toward men, a peace that passes understanding. We need to be at peace with each other. Peace in your home. Peace at work. Peace at church. Peace with a priest. I'll say that again. Peace with the priest. If you're not at peace with me, you need to talk to me. It's very important that the church can, can greet, one, we can greet one another with that holy kiss. That was so precious to the early church. It's so precious that it's in the liturgy. The embrace of peace. It's there because if you're not at peace, you shouldn't be communing. It's that powerful. So these things are important to us, and that that we would live in the grace of God, that God's grace would bless us. So how then do we do these things? These are all exciting concepts that St. Paul gives to us, uh, and uh, I think they're all very important to us. But in regard to my own journey my own sabbatical and the things I've learned. If you are to do this, you must be wise. You must labor wisely. So what does that mean to us? Let me read this. I think this is a kind of a lost phrase in a very popular verse in the Gospel of Matthew that we all know. Um, and, um, But I think it's important to concentrate a little bit on this phrase. The Lord says this to us. Come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden I will give you rest. All of our life is impossible without God. So we must come to him. And then he says this take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Learn from me. Christ is a teacher. We need to listen to the teacher. So many times we jump ahead of ourselves, move forward so quickly that God is saying, Wait. Wait. I'm back here. I'm back here. We race ahead, we see a problem, and we rush toward the solution. And God is back there saying, wait, wait, be patient. You know, I have said this, and I try to labor this way in my own life that, uh, about what I say. I'm not very successful, but I'll tell you anyway. Uh, you, you, need to say, you need to ask the question, what should I say? Then how should I say it? And when should I say it? And then you need to ask, should I say it at all? And then you say and I think we should, I should apply that the same way to the what I do. What should I do? When should I do it? How should I do it? Should I do it at all? But to be wise. You know, sometimes we're just not emotionally ready to do something that maybe needs to be done. And it might be good to wait a day, a week. You know what happens sometimes when that when that comes about, the problem takes care of itself. God takes care of it. And the, the, the interesting thing here is that when you're in this when you're in this kind of place, it's important that you that we act wisely about how we do what we do, and even to the point, do we do do it? It's so critical, you know. Um, Mother Victoria gave me a verse. She said, you know, there's a psalm verse that says God closes his eyelids. You know, God just sometimes lets things happen. You know, a good example of that is the prodigal son. He just let the prodigal son go. He said go. And, And all along the way, we in our own way, in our modernness, would want to rescue him. He was spending his money. Let's put him on a budget. Get him on a budget. That'll help him. We'll stick him on a budget. Okay, well, he's kind of messing around. Let's let's talk to him about all the things that are going to happen to him if he goes down that road. Nothing worked. Nothing worked. Where did he end up? The pig pen. And then what did it say? He came to his right mind. Then God began to work. So for us, beloved, we need to be wise in, in how we live our life and what we do and how we do it. Ask Him. Be patient. Allow your heart to dwell with God, then begin to act. It's such a peaceful place in which to move. And then, this was one of the great blessings, uh, was to labor and to work, thankfully. You know, I was with... uh, Bishop Basil, in Wichita, Kansas. Uh, and I was sharing with him, you know, when at a certain point in your priesthood, you just feel like, boy, I'm just kind of um, tired, worn out. And he said, well, that's fine and good, but you can't be. He <laughs> I said, what? I said, I am. He says, well, you can't be. And I'll give you some advice. He said, one thing you need to do, Father Nicholas, you've labored in that community for 35 years. You need to taste the fruit of your labor. You taste it. You know, so many times you and I, all we do is work, but we never thank God for the things he's done and the people in our lives around us that our labor has affected in a good way. But it just changed my whole attitude. I wanted to come back and see all of you. I'm excited. Look at the fruit. So I'm going to eat a little bit of it. I'm going to rejoice with thanksgiving at the labor of, of, of that God has put before us. We labor, we labor, we labor. We need to rejoice in the labor. Thank God for the things He's done. Well, that's a whole other way to look at life. You know, I had we had a blessed time. On a, we had a wonderful vacation. My beloved, wonderful wife, who I love more and more every day, uh, especially through this last, last month, uh, she's exceptional. I'm, I'm touting her here, uh, but she deserves it more and more. Uh, I, I can't say enough. But, you know, we went on vacation with with other families that we've been together for so long time. You know what I did the whole time? I rejoiced in the fruit of the labor. It was just eating the fruit. Eating the fruit. Thanking God for the fruit. It was so wonderful. So look around you. Look at the fruit in your life and, and rejoice in it. Partake of it. And lastly, we need to labor with, we need to labor with humility. Mother Victoria told me, uh, Mother Nicholas, I'm saying it not like she, because she said it so kindly. (laughs) She says, you know, you you thank God for how strong you are and, and how much God has given you to do, but you never thank God for your weaknesses. I said, what? You're supposed to thank God for your weaknesses? She says, yes, you should thank Him for your weaknesses. Then she said, "Because in that you will be made strong, and only in that will you be made strong." Listen to the words of St. Paul in Second Corinthians 12:10. "Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in, in needs, in persecutions in distresses, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong." What's it say? For when I am weak, then I am strong. So when we offer to God our poverty, when we offer to God our spiritual blindness, we offer God our struggles, when we even offer God our sin, I'm I'm preaching so powerfully, it's turning the lights on and on. (laughs) See, I need to take a month off every once in a while so this can happen that when we offer this to Him, that's when we become strong. It's then and only then we do we get the strength of Christ. It's not when we depend on ourselves, it's when we offer Him our weaknesses. I want to end with this, uh, not with this, but with this. There's a great portion in the year of the grace of the Lord, a book written by a dear monk as an offering to God uh, and a blessing to us all that we may labor in His holy vineyard. And this is a prayer and a prayer of the monk offered at the beginning of the church year, which is September 1st, so this is it. It says, Jesus addresses this solemn declaration to us at the start of each year. I am poor, perhaps materially, but certainly I am poor spiritually. I am captive, captive by my own egoism and my, my own spiritual my lack of spirituality and my own sin. I am blind for my eyes do not know how to perceive the divine light, much more, but much more so by my repeated spiritual failures. And all the time Jesus is in front of me and offers me deliverance. Christ never stops standing in front of you, offering you an opportunity to be near to him. He never stops. He himself is in the embodiment of all deliverance and of all forgiveness. He delivers from all our struggles and tragedies, and he forgives all our sins when we turn to him. If at this moment I accept his word, his salvation, everything can be new to me today, now, if we turn to him. Today on the first day of the year this offer is made to me. I've heard this divine promise so many times already. The start of so many years and have abused this grace so many times. Wasting in sin the opportunities open for my salvation. But in spite of these accumulated infidelities Jesus still renews his offer to me this year which starting can still be for me a year of the grace of the Lord I do not know if I have the strength and grace to persevere but at least on this first day my eyes turn toward him from the defilements of this world and fastened on Christ I have the opportunity to draw near to him and find again my salvation so each of us beloved May we be good tenders of God's vineyard. May we labor wisely. May we labor thankfully. And may we labor humbly. That in offering ourselves to God, He draws near to us and lifts us up to be very, very good stewards. That each of us can hear. And I pray this for you all. Well done good and faithful servant.